Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Eric Papp, and our topic is authenticity. I feel like a fraud. Now, this podcast isn't about who our guest is or what they've done. It's about what they stand for. Eric, before we get started, I'd like to enroll you in the possibility of God transforming the life of one of our amazing listeners through our conversation today. For that to happen, you and I must go deeply into the awkward and uncomfortable moments that sometimes show up and not be afraid to show our humanity, right? Just to be raw Mm. and vulnerable. I believe this is what God wants from us. Can I enroll you in that possibility? Absolutely. And I, I view humility and vulnerability as a sign of strength. And so I'm, I'm with you on that. Amen. Boom. Let's do it. Okay, Eric, let's get down to business. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? Wow. All right. Let's, uh, let's just get right into it, huh? <laughs> with the, uh, it's it's a, a non-softball question there. Okay. Wow. So that question itself, we could spend a lot of time on, but why isn't the world working I think there's a couple of things. I think, you know, three things we'll, we'll, we'll touch on. Number one is there's a lot of a big movement out there to seek individual. You know, what is right for me? What feels good? Do what's right for you. Make you happy. If you're not, if you're in a marriage and it's not, you're not happy, well, then just leave and you'll find happiness elsewhere. And that's a message that that is broken in itself. To use your term, Joseph, broken, you know, the, the term broken, which I think it's a, it's a brilliant term. Um, that that's a flawed message. It's a broken message that you can you know constantly seek happiness with external pleasures, and that it's all about you. So that's where I think one thing is a big thing in this individualistic movement. You know, do what's right for you. Do what feels good. Oh, you know, well if it's true for you, you know, it doesn't have to be true for me. What is truth and, and all of that. So I think that right there is one of the reasons why why the world is broken because we're constantly seeking what's good for ourselves a lot of you know we're self-seeking as opposed to uh self-donation and that's really what love is and that's what what jesus christ of nazareth taught us you know that love was about offering yourself was about self-sacrifice so it's, it's counterintuitive to the way the world works today and uh the second and third why the world? I just said three things because we we, we like to memorize things as <laughs> as sets of three. If so it's figured, only one, that's yeah. Fine, I think Eric. I think it's only one at this point, unless unless those other two come to me. Uh, you know, it's three points, and then obviously I don't have two points. It's so, so now funny. It's, I do it's that one point. Yeah, I do that all the time. Like in the moment, I'll <laughs> yeah. be like, "There's three things," and exactly as I'm saying it, I only got one. Right. If my mind's <laughs> trying to find like what's the second and third one. Uh, I can't find that right now. It really stretches so our mind. Though. We'll it's have like, to tell that to the listeners that. If we do find that second, third point of why the world is broken, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll email it to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, give me. Let's let's bring this on the court, right? Yeah. So, for you personally, like, what's an example that shows up in your life, or or that you've seen in the world uh, specifically? Can you give us a story? Give us a story, right? Take us there of why the world isn't working. 
you know, why the world isn't working, I think it's it's looking at it and seeing, when we look at something, we say just from, from that question, okay, something isn't working, then what what occurs to me is, okay, what's missing or why is, why is it not working? And we can either do two things when we have something. We look at something, okay, why is something not working? You know, why is my car not working? Well, it's missing a part. Okay, that's that's why. Um, and so when we look at the world as like broken or what's not working or this and that, two things happen, I think, is one is either we assume responsibility and we assume a deeper dive perhaps in our faith. We, did, we, we assume that we say, you know what, I want to find out why my life is broken or why I keep getting in relationships that just aren't working for me. And I'm going to take on that, that ownership, that ownership mindset, that responsibility of finding something deeper in my life. And, and if you do, oftentimes you'll, you'll find out the answer for yourself. You know, you'll get to a deeper level spiritually. You'll get to a, a, a place of, of more joy, of more comfort. But if it's just an external like, well, the world's broken and I'm fine. You know, I think that's, that's a flawed way of thinking because then it's like the responsibility shifts onto everything but you. And, and we, don't, we don't see change until we actually do it internally on ourselves. I think that really jumps back into your first point, which is that individualism, right? It's like the world is out there and it's separate from me. Mm-hmm. I'm not part of it. It's separate. They're separate. It's their problem. Right, right. Yeah, and it's that, you know, it's it, the problem's over there, but I'm perfect. You know, the pro- oh, yeah, you know, everything's... And then what happens is, you know, we talk about the broken Catholic, we talk about what's broken and what's not working is we're walking around putting on this facade of everything's fine. You know, when you talk to people, oh, yeah, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. You know, and it's like, uh, BS, we're not fine. You know, like, what's going on? Man, well, here's what's going on. Here's what's really going on. My marriage is struggling. My kid's not, you know, barely passing the fourth grade. My in-laws are really this. Um... You know, those old habits in college of going online, looking at websites, you know, that's starting to creep back in. So that's like, whoa, okay, now we're getting to some real issues here. And and I think that's a key thing is just being able to say to people to have that authenticity, since that's what our topic is, is to be like, how are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm doing okay. And, and, you know, here's where I'm really struggling. And I think sometimes it, it's a real strength when we get to talk about our struggles and we get to show that we're vulnerable, our humility, then what happens too is some of the things that we're struggling with, they start to go away. You know, they start to lose their emotional power, their emotional control over us because we've acknowledged them. Why do you think that is? Like, why why is that, that, that power lost in that from just sharing? Good, good question. When I look at it, and this is just from, from my perspective, is that when we acknowledge our fears and when we say, this is a fear of mine and this is a concern of mine, then it's not in my head anymore. I've actually, I've, I've put it out there. Okay, so now it's, it slowly starts to go away. It can go away. I mean, so it still might come up it. there. You've, you've released, released it, right? You've given permit. Like, it's like you've, it's just like when you say to somebody, if somebody's upset and you go up to them and you say like, hey, calm down, you know, calm down. And they're like, um, I am calm. I told you I am. Like, they're going to only get more. But if you go up to them and, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I, I see that you're upset. And if once they acknowledge they're upset, like, yeah, you know what? I am upset. Then they'll start to calm down. Then they'll start to notice their awareness will go up and like, yeah, my emotions did get a little, you know, I, I did get a little fired up there. Okay. Then they'll start to calm down. But if the more they resist something, the more it persists. And that's the same analogy here is what we're doing is that when we don't look at something, when we don't confront it, it only comes at us harder. 
Okay, so let's tie that into the topic here, right? Because it's it's not just authenticity, it's I feel like a fraud. Yeah. Right? So connect that connect those two points there. I feel like a fraud because that's really what you're touching on. Is like they're not sharing what's really going on. Right. They're not facing it. Right. And and we feel like a fraud, I think when we don't confront it. When we're going around and we're saying everything's fine, but we know it's not fine. Then absolutely you're going to feel like a fraud. Because in a sense you you you're portraying that you know, but the idea here to get to authenticity is to realize that it's okay for one to feel like a fraud. It's okay. We all have inauthentic ways of acting, of speaking, of being. All all that is that you know we all have that. So one is to acknowledge that. The second thing is is to to share some of those ways, maybe with a friend of yours or somebody that you that you feel closely enough that you're going to let in because. In sharing those, it's going to help you then move to a higher place, move to a place of uh, a place where you can have a more authentic feeling, a place that you can start to find your true self. That's the idea. If we go around, everything's fine, everything's great, and it's not great. Just on the outside, you got nice cars, you got a nice house, you got a beautiful looking family, you know, and you're trying to put up this facade, but everything's not okay. That's when the feeling of like I feel like a fraud. It just weighs on us. I mean, it just weighs on us very heavy. So the idea here, the the strategy, if you will, is to just to start to open up. Start to you know, you find somebody that you trust, or you find somebody that that you that you can start to share with. Just things are not really as what they seem, you know. And then what's something that I want to change? What do I want to work on? Do I want to confront something? You know, I think that's a big thing as well. Is you know, think of the analogy of like this: if we were walking in a neighborhood, imagine we're on a walk, and you hear a dog start to yelp. And, you know, we approach the, the porch. We see an old man in a rocking chair on a porch. And we say to him, we say, hey, mister, you know, your dog's yelping. And uh, he says, yeah, I know. He's sitting on a nail. And, and you say, why doesn't he just get up? And he says, because it must not be in deep enough. And, and, <laughs> and that's, like, that's like us, right? We're going around saying, oh, man, I feel like a fraud. Or I'm, but, but we're doing around complaining about it and, and acting it. And we're not willing to confront the problem. So it's just like how how painful does the situation have to be before we actually start to confront it, before we actually start to find our true self, before we actually just admit that, you know what, there are ways that we act and, and, and be that are inauthentic as opposed to trying to say we're so perfect, we're so great. Just acknowledge that and then that feeling of I feel like a fraud will start to dissipate. Okay. So, Eric, first off, love what you just did here. Because you just took this conversation literally in five minutes or less than five minutes and you went like from the start to the finish line really fast, okay? However, I like to kind of back us up a little bit if that's all right with you. Now, you are a national uh, leadership coach, national speaker, professional speaker for years. You're seasoned. So you're used to taking audience from start to finish. Um, that's what you do. However, not all of us can move at that pace, right? So let's step back a little bit. And really, I'd like to focus more maybe on where some of our listeners are right now. And the first part is, okay, they're hearing you say, Eric, you know, you, Eric, you're saying, hey, listen, just admit you're a fraud. Stop pretending. Just, just get it out there. Well, maybe they don't acknowledge they're not in a place of acknowledging that they're a fraud they literally think everything is fine in their life 
So let's kind of start there because I, I, th I think we may have skipped a step, right? So let's start um, where people may feel uh, they are right now. And it's like, listen, no, yeah, my life's not perfect, but uh, I think I'm authentic. You know, I think I, I try to be authentic. I'm, I'm of integrity. I talk to people. I share with people, those I could trust, of course. Um, I, I'm not putting out my feelings to the world because that could be positive or negative. Um, the world's not very accepting right now. It's like, look at social media. I post my uh, belief system about anything and the world is going to attack and, and beat me up and, and call me whatever, something phobic, you know, homophobic, or political phobic, whatever. It's like, so let's go there for a second, right? Mm -hmm. What do you, what shows up for you now? What, well, what I would say is the mere fact that the listeners, I'm speaking to listeners that are listening to this podcast right now, the mere fact that you saw the word authenticity, I feel like a fraud, and you clicked on it and you're listening to this very episode, that right there should be an indication of, man, you know what? You want to be a more authentic person. You want to be, you want to see, you want to be more fully alive. You want to be more uh, on that journey towards being. Uh, more true to yourself. So what I'm hearing you saying, Eric, is that maybe something doesn't have to be wrong, right? You don't have to be wrong. It could just be, I want more. I want, I want a better life. I, I want that. Or where I am is fine. It actually is fine, but I'm not, I don't want to settle for fine. Is that kind of where you're headed with that? Absolutely. And everybody's going to be in a different place that, that's listening to this. So it all depends upon where their situation is and, and, and what they're going through, because they'll listen through it through their filter, through on how they interpret it and how they see the world and their situation. So it's all you know relative to, to what their situation is. But the idea of if you're just listening to this, then you have to have some set of like, I want to improve myself or I'm curious, I'm interested. So the awareness level has to be there. And then obviously the more that you listen to Broken Catholic or you go to seminars or you read books, the more that'll help you on your journey to living a more full life, to living a life that really, you know, when people look from the outside, they're like, man, that person's fully alive. You know, they're really using their gifts and talents and and it's apparent, you know, they, they their, their joy is contagious, their love is contagious. That's, you know, the, the journey, but it doesn't happen overnight. So when you're saying like, I go from zero to, you know, start to finish, just kind of giving you the general context, you know, the first step is to keep, I would say, listening to shows like this and episodes like this and to keep raising your awareness, you know, and looking at it and seeing, um, you know, so I feel like a fraud. So that comment, you just, you can ask yourself, well, how many times does that comment show up to me? You know, show up in, in a day. Does it show up a lot? Does it, you know, does it occur like uh, once once a week or does it occur once every other week? I, I don't know. So look, look what, for it. What might be an example of it showing up in your day, like you're saying? Yeah, so I would say when you notice it, like you might be in the office perhaps and you might say something to put a, to put a, a colleague down, let's say, in a meeting, you know, or when they walk out of the room and you know internally, like it makes people laugh because you're looking to get people's approval, their laughter, but on the inside, you know that that wasn't you. That wasn't you truly to knock your office colleague, you know, to take a cheap shot just so you can like try to get some attention of your other peers, you know, try to get them to like you, try to think you're, they're, they're cool, things like that. So that would be an example 
of where that could show up. So when we're not being our best self, is that... Right, our best yeah. self, we're not being true to ourselves. Okay, I get that. You know, how do you uh, find the line not to cross, Eric, in sarcastic playfulness, mm-hmm. right? Just taking jabs at like your boys, your brothers or whatever. It's like, uh, you know, in a, we do a uh, Friday morning Bible study, right? And we take some shots at each other just publicly in the room, but there's no ill will there. Uh, it's all meant playfully. So how do you draw the line between that and being inauthentic or um, really doing it with a different intention, which is I need to feel accepted or I need to get that pat on the back or that laugh out of the audience right now? Three things. <laughs> and this time I actually have three things. Nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, three things, right? Uh, so number one is I would say the relationship. What's your relationship like with that person? You know, is it one that they, they know you, they have a level of trust, a level of comfort that it's just a playfulness? So what is that relationship? If you haven't built in the time, if you haven't spent time with that person, then they could make, they might take offense to it. So what is the relationship? Second thing is what's your intention? Is your intention to make that person look, embarrass them really, you know, or is the intention to just, you know, hey, we're just having fun. We're just all having fun. You know? And so that's the intention. And the third thing is the context. What's the context of it? You know, where are we? What's the setting? Are we out at a restaurant and we're, you know, we're joking around somebody's birthday party, something like that, or we're at, you know, something more serious nature. So what's the the context, the relationship, and then the intention? Those are the three things I would keep in mind. And a lot of times we keep these in mind, you know, but just on a, we don't even really think about it, you know, but, but that's something I would say that that'll help distinguish between, am I taking a, a jab at this person? You know, we just, uh, are we having fun and it's all great and it's, and it's good. Or is it really meant to bring this person down, which in turn will bring me down because it'll take me farther away from who I actually am. Mm-hmm. Make sense? It'll take me, it'll, 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 that's the inauthenticity in me. So yeah, I'm saying this joke, but really it's just another way of, for me to show my inauthenticity. I get that. Okay, cool. So I'm going to take uh, this conversation in a completely different direction for a second, okay? And you and I, uh, literally before we got on the mics here, we went and had breakfast together. And we were having a conversation about literally each of us uh, owning our unique gifting, our Mm. unique talents, our unique weirdness. Mm. And... What's showing up for me here is that authenticity, I feel like a fraud, is literally a continuation of the conversation we were just having having, because aren't we inauthentic, being and acting inauthentic when we're not allowing our true self to come out mm. because we need that approval and the acceptance of others around us, yeah? Mm. And we don't want to take the risk per se. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to go here for a second and go as far as you want to go with me uh, in what you want to share. You shared earlier with me that ever since you were a young guy, you have this unique gifting of being funny, being playful, being dry humor, sarcastic, and people would take notice of that. And it was a gifting to the point you even shared that uh, a mom or so wanted your autograph when you were a little kid because she's like, man, you're going to go somewhere. And just in case, I want your autograph now. 
and and here you are years later mm-hmm. coming to the realization that hey mm-hmm. there's a part of me that I have not been letting out mm-hmm. so what's showing up there right now for you yeah full circle <laughs> Um, what's showing up in my mind right now is when, so what you're, what you're referencing and what we talked about earlier is me being in the fifth or sixth grade and, and signing my name on a loose leaf paper for a girl named Bryn. And, uh, and I know her last name, but, uh, anyway, so her mom, it was like, yeah, my mom told me to get your autograph and it was just, it was, it was cause she thought I was funny. Um, but no, I, I just used to love to make people have people just laugh and humor and joy and it just it came it came pretty natural to me, and and now I've been doing more of that in my talks and in my programs, and that's kind of what we talked about, and how sometimes I mean for a lot of life you know I I kind of suppressed that a little bit because I wanted to come off I wanted people you know I'm talking about leadership so I want them to take me seriously or I'm talking about productivity okay I want them to you know let's be serious, and uh, I would have glimpses of times in trainings and, and you know keynote speeches that I would give. That you would see that humor, that playfulness, like you're like you're talking about, and recently, the past two weeks ago, or I'd say yeah, even maybe three, you know, just in this past month here, I've uh, more of my talks have been a lot more humor, a lot more energy, and what I'm noticing, I'm having a lot more fun. Uh, it's really, you know, we're talking about authenticity. I'm, I'm finding it's it's helping me become a more authentic version of myself. And, and it's really, it's connecting me with the audience in a much deeper level, you know, because now, you know, not only are we connecting with the head, but I also believe that humor helps us connect with the heart, you know, and, and makes us know that we can laugh together, we can have, we can share joy together. Um, and also there are times when you gotta be serious, you know, that, that we, we share, share some sorrow together. Uh, I read a, a quote while I was in the bathroom. <laughs> it was at a friend's house and it was said something like, that uh, you know, when you share joy, it's doubled. When you share joy, it's doubled with others, and then when you share sorrow, it's it's cut in half. And and I thought that was an interesting, an interesting thing. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I look to uh, to bring more of that out in, in what I do in my offerings and stuff. And uh, we'll let you know how that goes. If it uh, if it goes bad, I might be back here soliciting for a job. <laughs> you never know yeah. if uh, we need a co-host here right? yeah exactly so. uh joseph uh that was bad advice and i'm back again and uh <laughs> yeah this time uh, i'm gonna pick another topic so it doesn't end my career <laughs> yeah let's uh can we talk about transition today? yeah yeah yeah. we're gonna talk about transition this week that's a good thing you know we can try something out and uh and, and failure is just you know it's just uh one failure away yeah yeah so i really like uh, where you going with this, Eric? And you know, I'm gonna go there personally as well. So I put myself at cause as well, uh, just like you did. Is most of my life, right? I've been trying to put on this act, put on this show of what I think others want to see in order to accept me, mm. and not recognizing that it's that unique weirdness or unique gifting or unique talent that God gave me right. and only me right that is the very thing that attracts people to me right and the the very thing that attracts people to me is the very thing I'm suppressing mm. because I don't think they will like it or it's mm. professional enough or I need to be serious in right. this situation like you're saying 
And because of that, I come across as this intense, serious individual mm -hmm. who can also occur as very intimidating to others. And they put up their walls and it prevents closeness mm -hmm. in a lot of my relationships. And the more I realize that, you know what, I don't have it all figured out. I'm just this broken Catholic. Yeah. And do. Yeah. yeah. And that that's okay. Absolutely. That's okay. And that's actually that okayness is the very thing that people are going to connect with because deep down they're pretending. Yeah. Deep down they're faking it till mm -hmm. they make it right. Yeah. They're putting on a show to be loved and accepted by others. Yeah. And when they see me start occurring or you start occurring, Eric, as this playful, childlike, mm -hmm. boyish, you know, being. Man-child. <laughs> Man-child. <laughs> right? Uh, it gives them permission to start doing that themselves. And deep down, I, I, I say this to some of my friends, is I think I look around at all the adults around us, including myself, and I say, we're all a bunch of kids trapped in adult bodies. Yeah. And we're still occurring as children. We're mm -hmm. still like broken messes. We're hurting each other. We're being divisive. We're mm -hmm. being possessive. We're doing power control. The, hey, that's my toy. You can't play with it. Right. Um, it's all about me. I right. go first. Right. And all these same childhood things that our parents were trying to teach us don't work. Right. We're still doing as adults. Yeah. Absolutely. And something that just I thought occurred to me and want to share it is the more that we can confront that. And, and really go at that, it helps us attain a higher level of intimacy with others. And I think that is the key thing is we develop, uh, and I say the word intimacy, not like in, when you think of like in the bedroom or lingerie, but like intimacy with another human being is when you bring, when you're more uh, an authentic version of yourself, when you have that, you can connect in a way that you couldn't connect before. You know, and you really have that intimate connection. I think that's all really what we're searching for at the core. We're searching for that love. We're searching for that that acceptance, that approval. And so often than not, we're doing it externally. You know, a bigger boat, a bigger house, bigger car. We think that's going to get us, a, you know, people to love us or accept us or to achieve that higher level. When it's not, it's the relationships. It, it's this right here, like like you know that that we're going that we're having this conversation, and and, and that's really what's what's wonderful. You know, it's not something external. But it's the internal and going down that path, we were able to attain uh, just a closer sense of intimacy with others, which I think is an incredible gift and, uh, and grace as well. So, Eric, I think where people really get uh, the things we're trying to convey is through stories. Mm. And would you be willing to share, share with us a story in your life where you took a chance on creating intimacy in a friendship, a relationship, not in a romantic way like, like you were saying, but uh, just putting it all out there and taking that chance and creating that intimacy, what happened? Give us the before and after. Take us there. Yeah. Um, just I'm, I'm trying to search for stories. And when I say intimacy, like it doesn't come like you're not going to go from like date you know like you meet somebody and then marriage right away it's it's you reveal yourselves in little ways uh and, and what what's a story or i guess if i tried to have a level i would say when i first 
you know, started speaking. And when I first started doing, you know, leadership keynotes and, and speaking around the, 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 the you know, just I, the first thing I tried to do was, we, what do we do? We, we try to be real. We try to be authentic. But then when we're trying, we're being everything but that. And, and so we're occurring as like, you know, somebody else, like not ourselves. And then what happens? We have our walls up. So now we're judging people. We're evaluating them. And we're like, why is that person, you know, out there? Why is he speaking more than I am? Or why is he a best-selling author? My content's a lot better. And so for for years, that, that was my thing is I was part of uh, the National Speakers Association. And... You know, here I am showing up and wanting to be a success and wanting to be this this big speaker and stuff. And I was showing up inauthentically. I was showing up, and because I was showing up in an inauthentic manner, my guard was up. I was constantly comparing, constantly judging, constantly evaluating. And I never allowed myself to be open, never allowed myself to be vulnerable. And therefore, I never really got any better. Like, I never really grew. And, uh, and, and, and never really developed some great relationships that, that I possibly could have because, you know, once again, it's feeling like, oh, I got to show that everything's put together. I got to show them that I've got it all together. I got to show them that I've got it all together when, when I don't. And, and that, that I have right to prove there, to them that I'm not a fraud. Right. I have to prove to them that I'm not a fraud, that, that you know, look, I've, you know, I've, my book has been published by, you know, John Marley and Sons and all those things. And so having that mindset is was just like resistance and guarded and it really came out you know and it stifled me in relationships uh that weren't developed with people and possibilities that weren't happening connections that weren't made simply because what was going on in in my world and in my head you know and and so that um that that's a story yeah the story is no no that was good that was good right because that that hits home right for you as a speaker I get that. I feel like this is a therapy session. This it is. is it is, Eric. This is therapy 101. So broken no Catholic, couch, right? Is, right. There's no couch. Yeah. It's just stiff chairs. Yeah. So, uh, you know, authenticity. I'm, you know, I'm a, well, I'm not even saying it right. I feel like a fraud. And uh, you and I have gone through um, some similar uh, personal development transformation courses mm -hmm. uh, together. And in that, we talk about authenticity and being inauthentic mm -hmm. with others. And I think you know where I'm going with us. And so let's kind of like go down that road because I think many uh, in our audience haven't experienced or uh, this way of thinking, acting, being, listening. Um, where in my life, where in your relationships are you being inauthentic with people? Not in so much um, what you're sharing with them, but what are you not sharing with them, right? So in other words, uh, let's always uh, on the court, right? Let's uh, give real life examples. For instance, maybe you're in a relationship that does not have workability and you've been procrastinating ending that relationship. Why? Because maybe like myself, I've done many times, I didn't end those relationships because I was still getting something out of them. And in essence, I was using that person uh, in that relationship instead of being authentic with them and saying, you know what, there is no workability here. I don't really see a future with us if I'm speaking about a romantic relationship. However, I'm still having fun. So I'm still mm. using them and being inauthentic with them. So I'm being a fraud. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's simple, but not easy. When I, I think of when you're asking like being, like being authentic, not being inauthentic, I, I think when we're not 
and, and, and look, I, I think we are at times throughout the day even inauthentic, whether we realize it or not. And that's really the key thing is, and I think the times that we're not authentic are the times that like we're in our head. We're thinking about like, well, how's this gonna, how's this gonna occur to somebody, or how's this gonna land, or how's this, you know, what's the strategy here? What's a technique, or what, what, what do I need to, to, you know, when we're like, what are not, the three steps? What are the three steps? Yeah, what are those three things? <laughs> you know, when we're not uh, just being fully present or trying to be present. You know, when we're like, when our, when we're physically here, but our mind's somewhere else, and so having an awareness for where we are and an awareness for the other person an awareness for who we're with that helps us i believe become more authentic and help us because we really get a higher level of of presence of being present and being in the moment and then when you're in that then you say things it's like man where did that come from it's like i don't know but i was just like man, I just was like in that conversation with the person. I was just was like, I was connecting with them in like in a way that I never did before. That is when you achieve that high level of, like I was saying, the authenticity, but then it leads to intimacy. Now, you know, how did you get there? Experience. How did you learn that? How did you get there yourself, right? Because I'm guessing you didn't come out of your mother's womb just being completely authentic. Or actually, we probably do as children, right? <laughs> but then we lose it along the way. So as yeah. an adult... You know, how did you start being fully present? What did that look like? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm still on my journey, so I'm not. You know, I, there's no. I, I think you know until we're we're dead. But uh, I, I think there's. It's always a journey. And um, when we're as babies, you know, we have two fears. Two fears only: the fear of loud noises and the fear of heights. Everything else we learn. And so you, you brought up a great example. As kids, are a great example of just. You know, they they have a, a liveliness, they have an imagination, they have a creativity, they have the energy, and it's like when you ask a, a five-year-old, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" They can they list off, they rattle off a number of possibilities, and and it's amazing, it's it's incredible to see that. And then you ask that same six-year-old, you ask them when they're in the fifth grade, and then when they're a senior in high school, and what happens is if they don't keep themselves you know like we're talking about like authenticity and, and aliveness and, and all that if that if the world starts to get at them then they start to get very limited well I think I'm gonna be this and this because you know my parents told me I couldn't do this or you know or I know it's impossible to do this and then when they get to college then it's like oh, what do you do I'm, I'm a finance major do you like no I don't like fine but I just know I can make a you know seventy five thousand dollars when I get a, when I get out of school and I can oh okay that, that sounds like good logic you know and I think that's kind of what what happens and uh, we lose that sense and we kind of kill, we kill off some of those things that made us alive. I mean, I did it for myself. I, I just shared the example. It's like here I'm, you know, trying to be this speaker and author and, and talk about leadership and communication and change and all these things. And then yet I'm, I lost a big part of the comedy, the humor that I had when I was younger. And, and I would still do it at glimpses and I would still have it, you know, on the weekend or not maybe in front of audiences per se. And, uh, you just you kind of know something's missing. You kind of know that that uh, am I being really true to myself? Mm. You know, and also too, I'll say there's some things that you say that you know you're you can say, hey, man, well, I was trying to be authentic, and then you say things and it doesn't land, and that's okay too. You know, at least we're, we're all human. You know, you say a question to somebody and it doesn't go well. You say a joke and it doesn't go over. I've been there many times, <laughs> and uh, you know you recover and and you move forward. You don't just beat yourself up about it. You know, it's not like it's it's all going to be perfect. You know, authenticity is not a perfectionist place. It's a place, I believe, that 
we were on a journey towards and uh, and we're slowly removing that filter in our mind of you know how is this action going to occur to them or, or what are people going to think and are they going to like me and those types of questions like that filtering process that filters the way we act the way we dress the way we behave the way we talk that starts to go out the window and people see us more for really who we are and and what we stand for and our beliefs and that's really really fun there and, and then that's when you ultimately achieve that's what i was saying that that higher levels of intimacy that higher levels of connection that internally our heart craves i think you just nailed it right there right because what's showing up for me and listening to you right now is that everything you just explained you went through the timeline or the stages of life that a child goes through and as the new possibilities get smaller and smaller and narrower it's almost an occurrence of leaving the heart or operating from the heart leaving that and and more operating in the head Mm -hmm. and coming to that well that's a logical decision i see how you got that got to that you know the finance boom but you don't want to do it but you're going to do it anyway because it pays seventy five thousand dollars a year right yeah that was a head decision Mm -hmm. what happened to your heart yeah. What, what dreams did you kill off? You know, did you kill off like, oh man, I thought I was going to be a painter. I thought I was going to be an artist. I thought I was going to be a sculptor, a dancer. I thought I was going to be whatever, you know, and, and that's kind of like, but I, but I, I was told that, you know, only one in a million make it. Or I was told that, you know, the artist, you know, you've got to be starving all the time or broke or this or that. And so, uh, I think that's where we kind of lose that sense of, you know, of, of some of those authentic ways. Now, I also will say on the flip side of that, there's nothing wrong with having that full-time paying job. And that's a great thing to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of important. Right. And and that's, but the idea is to explore your passions and to have your creativity or have that aliveness in some area of your life, whether it's a hobby, whether it's something that you're doing that then also fuels that. And then maybe you're able to get to that or do more of that at work, perhaps. Okay, so I have to ask this, right? Because this is really just like ringing in my ears right now. Do you think that we feel like a fraud in all these other areas of our life because we're denying the very thing that our heart is calling us to do? And, mm. and, and we've been squishing it and suppressing it. So because we're not, we don't have that outlet anymore, Except like yeah. on the weekends when we're like getting wasted drinking or something right. like that. Um, that that's why we're showing up as a fraud. That's why we're feeling like a fraud. Yeah. That's why we're occurring as a fraud. That's why we're knocking others down in our, our the way we speak be, and we have that need to feel validated and all these other things because we're not operating in the heart anymore. We've been denying our heart for so many years and it's almost like that little kid inside of us is screaming, let me out, let me out. Yeah, and it goes back with, do we listen to that? You know, do we listen, do we spend some time in reflection on that? Do we spend some time actually just exploring that? And I think what, what is a key thing is, is being able to disconnect from the world. We're just so connected. Everybody's like connected and, and everybody's on the line, you know? What, on, what does that mean? On the disconnect line. That, from the world. You're yeah, making it say, sound like it's a bad thing to be connected to yeah, the world. Yeah, connected. Everybody's on the line. Everybody's on the internet. On the line. It's a joke yeah. from the interns. You know, when they say, hey, we're going to get on the line anyway. Um, hopefully the listeners get that, but, uh, all, you know, so everybody's on, everybody's on the internet today. Everybody's so connected 24 seven. We've got our phones and we're getting text messages and, you know, we're getting, uh, calls and emails. So we're and super distracted. Absolutely. So in that distraction, we're not listening. 
We're not listening to our internal self. We're not listening to those questions that keep popping up. They might pop up, but then we pop them back down. So and we're not so, listening to others, and we're definitely yeah, not listening to ourselves in our not, heart. Yeah, we're killing it. Like, we, you know, we'll get an idea maybe, but then we'll kill it in five seconds. No, that would require this too much. Or like, we already think we're the smartest. You know, oh, well, that, oh, I couldn't do that. And then we just, like, we push it down. We push it down. And so... Even before it, even we don't even give it time to. We don't even marinate on it. You know, we just look at like the logical sense. But then here's the funny thing about being logical and illogical. You know, we think we're so smart. We think we're making logical decisions. But yet, then we go to like a coffee place and we spend five dollars and fifty cents on something that they made for uh, ten cents, right? So yeah, yeah, we're the smart people, right? <laughs> when when we have that. So yeah, we make illogical. We make illogical decisions all the time. We just we're not aware of it and. Uh, yeah, so I get what you're saying right now because it's like uh, resignation and cynicism, right? Mm. That's what we become professionals at as a, yeah. as adults, right? As kids, we don't have any of that. We're not yeah. resigned. We're not cynical. We don't know what that word is. We can't spell that word, right? Right. All we're I still doing can't is spell that word. Yeah, and it's a tricky word. It's actually. C Y. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm yeah. C Y. Yeah. yeah. So, I have Grammarly on my computer. <laughs> Grammarly. Yeah. <laughs> Is not a sponsor of the show. Yeah, it's not. Uh, So it's great though. But but listen, you know, skepticism, resignation, right? It's like that shows up so much in our life as adults, and it squashes our dreams. It squashes our heart because it's all in the head. That cynicism. Oh, that's not going to work out. Oh, so and so told me that's that's that won't work. Require too much time. I don't have the time. Too much time. I've already tried it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you tried it once years ago when you were an idiot. Or in a different place in your life. Or a yeah. different place, right? And for me, that was when I was an idiot. <laughs> that was the place. I lived in in that place. And it's like, I'm wrestling with that myself right now, right? And I'm going to go here for a second. Let's bring it on the court. Real life examples really is what opens up transformation for others. So like for me starting this podcast, Eric, and you know this because you're a dear friend of mine, is uh, starting this podcast I was cynical and I was resigned about starting this podcast and I did not want to do it because I have tried before. I have tried to put my voice out there into the world. I have tried to be a public speaker in different areas. And when I shared and opened up what I thought was being my true self, my authentic self, people kind of squashed it. People killed it. People who were resigned and cynical started projecting that resignation and cynicism onto me and killing my dreams because they had killed off their dreams Mm. and seeing me start to shine or head in a certain direction it's the crabs in the bucket Mm. right it's like the second the other crabs see one crab reaching for the top what do they do they start clawing at it they start pulling it back in no don't go out there it's dangerous we've heard it's dangerous outside the bucket it's like, well, wait a second. Have you ever been outside the bucket? Yeah. No, but we heard it's dangerous. Or the that, frogs in the pot of water and it slowly starts to boil. Exactly, right? I don't know. I just made that up. No, no, no. <laughs> like when you're there, they start to turn up the heat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's like we live in this state of deadness and numbness. New when, numbness, that's it. Yeah, and when yeah. living outside the bucket We're numb is where, to our dreams, yeah. Yeah, right? So I think that's inauthentic. Being Absolutely. numb to our dreams. That's where we're showing up as a fraud in our life. Me not doing this podcast, Eric, is being inauthentic. Me not doing this podcast is being a fraud. It's it's being, it's living as a fraud. Yeah. When I used to play these mind games with my own self that me doing the podcast was 
being inauthentic because I'm meant to be something else. I'm meant to be what the world thinks. Yeah. And me doing a podcast on you know Catholicism, where that is like a very touchy word nowadays, yeah. right? It's it it's very yeah. yeah, it's very polarizing. Yeah, and. A friend of mine said it to me. He's like, that's the very reason why you need to do this podcast because it's so polarizing. Because mm. people are going to stand with you or they're going to stand against you. But both sides are going to listen to you. Mm. And this is something we need to talk about. You need to talk about what it's like being Catholic and the struggles. And Joseph, you don't have it figured out. And Catholics don't have it figured out. And you guys aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. right? And this was coming from a guy who is a deodist. Right, and he's this deitus is telling me to do a Catholic podcast. Yeah, and, and what is a deitus? A uh, I don't know that this the spiritual uh, whatever the actual definition, but it's kind of like believing in we are all gods in nature and nature. Oh, okay. and, and bring out your inner god and and that whole thing. Um, and it was very interesting because uh, someone who does not share the same spiritual beliefs as me, and he was a re, a former Catholic. He hmm. he also told me is telling me the very one who's telling me to do a Catholic podcast. Because that was my authentic self that he saw yeah. that I was holding back and he had just met me. Mm. And it's so funny yeah, how you... sometimes people can see right through our BS <laughs> the first time we meet them. Yeah. Well, you bring up a great point in that sometimes, you know, the numbness and are we aware and sometimes you meet a total stranger and they just say, yeah, they ask you a question or they say, I believe in you. Um, like you had that conversation with him, he's like, yeah, you need to do that. You know, I think that is a cool thing. And and if if we're listening, if our awareness is up, if we're able to be present and have those conversations, then we can start to see what's inside of me that I really want to pursue. You know, that that would make me be fully alive. That would make me uh, have higher levels of authenticity, have higher levels of intimacy with those that I love. And uh, yeah, so that, that's exactly right. So listening to other people, having some conversations, you know, listening to other people and then maybe not listening as well. I think that's a key thing is, you know, there's some people just like you said that that will, you know, I, I would say this, you know, advice is free, right? And so we just have to, in, in some cases, um, and so it's, it's picking and choosing and seeing what advice is going to help me be a more authentic version of myself that's going to help me on that path. And then what advice maybe is going to draw me away from that. And I think we all know it like, you know, there's like a gut level. And when they say like gut thinking, I always used to think, why do they do gut thinking? But supposedly we have like the most, I think, nerve endings or something in our gut. And that's why it's like, man, there's, when there's that gut feeling, it's like always go with your gut. And that's something I've I've seen in leadership a lot and, and observing other people is in getting to talk to them. And just when they say, yeah, oh, you know, go in with your gut. And, and even if it logically doesn't make, you know, it's like, why did you? And then later on, it's like, oh, that was the right decision. Because you went with your gut, you listened to yourself, and you're able to do that when you become more authentic. Let me ask you this, Eric. Have you ever taken advice, or not have you ever, when have you taken heard advice from someone about you, about your life, maybe an area you were being inauthentic in, they kind of called you out on it, but you ignored it. And maybe now, looking back, you have come to the conclusion, oh shoot, they they knew me more than I knew me me. I knew me back then. I would say it goes back to when I first like the story I shared before. It's like when I first started speaking, I when I was around, it's funny, it's interesting. Like when I was in in front of audiences and my clients, I was fine. I was more, you know, the 
I believe my, you know, more an authentic person. But then when I got to around other speakers, I was more of an inauthentic person. Mm. And and my what came out was like things that I didn't like, like my ego, my competitiveness, mm. um, my, uh, you know, analyzing, judging and thinking I'm better than him or why are they better than like, and I would get jealous of like this speaker. I, so that's what I would. And, and I had, I remember like talking to one lady, Monica, a friend of mine, and and, and she was just, we had a conversation and that, that really helped me just like, you know, your ego and your, and it was just like, wow, it's like, here I am. It's like, cause I'm trying, I was trying to prove something to these people. Like I was trying to come out, I was trying to prove something and I really didn't need to prove anything. You know, I just needed to be there to learn and to, to, to grow. And so that was an interesting thing is, is, uh, you know, how you occur to other people. And, and, and sometimes when they say things, it's, it, it can make us think, you know, in terms of, if, if we want to improve ourselves so that, that's a key thing is but if, if we're paying attention or not so yeah I get that and what I'm hearing in your story there is you were doing well you were being authentic with your audience mm-hmm. right because that's who you were there to serve right and then when you took your eyes off your audience onto yeah. and put them onto speakers who you were not meant to serve that's where you ran into trouble it sounds like yeah what I mean when I took my eyes off of the audience of who I'm serving, of, of why I'm doing what I'm doing, and I took it on, then I, I took it more to a place of comparison and more of a place of like, well, how am I doing versus how they're doing? You know, then, and that's where that that inauthentic way of acting and being uh, came from. And, you know, a saying that I really resonate with and it's shown up many times in my life is, comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, that's good. And the second you start comparing yourself to other speakers, I'm also guessing that you started to lose the joy and the, the pleasure that you were getting from really connecting with your audience. Yeah, is that that's, fair? that's an interesting point because I think this is maybe going on perhaps with some of the listeners. I mean, it went with me. It's like then there gets like in life, then life becomes to get life gets heavy then, man. Like there's like a heaviness of like. Oh, just trying to get through this week or just trying to like, Oh, I got to travel again to give this talk. Or I got to like, I'm just trying to like, it becomes this like heaviness where it doesn't have to be heavy. And I think sometimes, you know, when we feel like a fraud and we've been authentic, that's when like life is heavy and like, it sucks. It's like, it's like, man, this is heavy. And it's like, well, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, it can be a light, like there can be a lightfulness, a playfulness, a joyfulness when we grow in our own authenticity and it's a constant process so let me ask you this right based on this conversation based on where you are in your life right now what action specifically are you going to take in your life to lighten up this heaviness and and to be more authentic to your audience to bring out that playful funny uh guy who signed an autograph when he was you know in fifth grade uh, I'm going to subscribe to Broken Catholic, brokencatholic.com. <laughs> also, I'm going to leave a, a great review. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to I'm look at any other books that Joseph Warren has out. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to hire him as my personal coach. <laughs> no, I'm going to. I think it's a continual process. It's it's. I, I I do a little bit of journaling, and in the morning. Uh, it might sound weird for people that don't that don't journal or write, but just to see where I'm at in my life, where I'm going, and, and am I living my values? Am I living what's important to me? Um, I, that kind of helps me keep me on my path to to do that. And then also, and I heard this a while ago, and I really tried to to live this is just that you know real success is having the respect and admiration of your family members and the people that know you the best. 
you know, it's one thing you go out or people like you're at work and, and you're somebody, everybody loves you, but then you come home and your spouse can't stand you. You know, it's like, well, wait a minute, like that's two versions of yourself, you know, like let's try to get to one. And so that's what I try to do is, is be the same person in my world. You know, it's called the, plat- like when you're on the platform speaking, trying to be the same on the platform as off the platform and making sure that there's a, a level of consistency there. Yeah. Okay. So, are you going to bring out this playful, uh, childlike Eric Pat into <laughs> onto the stage, onto the platform? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I, I am. I. It looks like a lot more humor. It looks like a lot more entertaining. It looks like just a lot, just a lot more. Uh, hopefully, joy uh, for for my audiences, and uh, hopefully, it's it's. Uh, more bookings perhaps and it's not I'm not in the doghouse where, where I'm back here like I was saying and we are I'm soliciting for a job um, <laughs> but, and, uh, no, and, that's, and it's more it's, looking forward to yeah, getting on the plane to, yeah, and, and going to hang out and have some fun with an audience absolutely. in whatever because Colorado. I love people I love people and it doesn't matter you know if it's like uh, you know contractors of America or for you know we're talking about fertilizing association or whether it's government employees it doesn't matter you know people are people and we all have funny things about us. We all have inauthentic ways of being, including myself. And so it's just like, and we can learn to laugh at ourselves and then we can, you know, talk about strategies that give us a higher level of confidence and, and a new skill, a new capability. Then man, then we're moving forward. You know, we're moving in the right direction. We're making progress. And uh, so, yeah, I, I do commit to uh, to doing that. And I'm, I'm excited to see what that, what's going to come of that. You know, I am too, brother. I'm excited yeah. for you. So with that, uh, we're about to enter the confession round. Are Uh-oh. you ready? Okay, Eric. Is this like so, a forgive me, Father, for I've sinned type confession. Or no, that's actually in the church, right? Okay. But uh, <laughs> this is just a podcast, my friend. So I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions, and you'll have about three seconds to answer oh, each. Wow. Okay. Are you ready? This is fun. Like, so go with like the first response. Yeah. These are like practice the gut, right? You're saying all those yeah. nerve endings. Here we wow. go. Are you ready? What's your favorite thing about being an adult, Eric? Freedom. Freedom. Got it. What's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Uh, financial responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Bills, right? I'm with you, bro. What secret fear do you have about people? Oh, what do I have about, um, do I have about people or how about myself? What secret fear do you have about people in general? What secret fear about people? I don't. Maybe how they occur to you, anything like that. What secret fear do you have about people? Yeah. In relation to you. I'm going to help you with this one. I mean, I can say what secret fear do I have about myself. Okay. Yeah, what secret fear do I have about myself is I'm going to, if, if I die, or well, I'm going to die. Um, when I die is I fully don't use the gifts and the talents that God's given me to serve his people. That's, what, that's a secret fear. Got it. Yeah. If you could be anyone in the world, Eric, who would you want to trade places with just for fun for the next five, uh, seven days? Clark Kent. Clark Kent, not Superman. Superman, that yeah, is yeah. Superman. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm just, I'll, I'll answer. That was, a, uh, it was like a childhood. Uh, so what, so five, I have, how long, five days? Seven days. On Anyone seven in the days. world, you could trade places still with living? them. living? Yeah, it was still living, living dead, doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter? Yeah. Oh, for man. a week, just for fun. For a you week? You could live their life for a week. Oh, man, I mean, to, I would say, I would have to be maybe like a Paul or a Peter Somebody that, that that was with Jesus. So an apostle. Yeah, an apostle. Yeah, just that, that had that. Which one? Because Paul went through some nasty stuff, man. 
<laughs> oh yeah, well they both did. They both went yeah, through yeah. some, some tremendous trials. I would say more. I'm kind of more so like Peter because he's kind of he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> he takes him. It's so I'm more of like him, like you know, just like where I think like sometimes I don't. You know, I'm not, maybe not at the. It's funny, I would say like Peter. So maybe you'd be more comfortable in his life for seven days. Yeah, like a fisherman. You know, that's yeah, like yeah. this guy. Can, yeah. So okay, cool. I think that'd be cool. What dream are you scared of pursuing? Oh, dream scared of pursuing. I would maybe say this one. You know, the the entertainment. Looking at more of the, the what we just talked about. You know, losing more of the the corporate feel and, and trying to go into more of the entertainment bath. Yeah, that's the current. Yeah, I get that. What makes you smile more than anything? Uh, God and my wife. My, the love of God and love of my wife, my family. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I had a couple things. I, you know, one was, I, th- I think a little bit was a professional wrestler. Uh, <laughs> I think it, yeah, that was that was one of them. Um, maybe a football player at one point. Uh, coach. Got it. Yeah. If you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, what would it be? Oh, uh, despair. Despair. Yeah, despair. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are, standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. Um, he multiplied his value 100-fold to glorify God. Boom. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you Walk through the pearly gates. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And last question, Eric. If you could come back to life and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Love. Stand in love every day and love others. Got it. Eric, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Best way is go to my website, ericpap.com is my website. My books, Leadership by Choice, Three Values of Being an Effective Person, those are on Amazon. And uh, and that's ericpap.com, that's E-R-I-C-P-A-P-P.com. Eric, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joseph. Friends, I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and remember that God the Father loves you, He's fascinated by you, and He wants to show you His awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with Him, and I'll see you on the next show.